Welcome to IdeaGen TV. I'm George Safakis, CEO and founder of IdeaGen. Today with Adriana Safakis. Hello, welcome to IdeaGen TV. It's a pleasure to have you join us. Today is a you know every day is special on IdeaGen TV, but today is incredibly special. We have an incredible leader, luminary, and visionary with us today, Ruth Riley. Welcome, Ruth. Thank you. I am honored to be with you both virtually and uh, look forward to the next time we can be together in person. Well, Ruth, you know, we are so excited to have you on IdeaGen TV today because of all that you have accomplished and all that you're going to accomplish. I mean, it's incredible to look at your journey, to see all that you have done today being a TV and radio analyst, host, uh, with Fox Sports for the Miami Heat. It's incredible what you're doing. Um, it's incredible what you've done. For those of you that are familiar with Ruth, you remember 2004 in Athens, where Ruth and her team won the Olympic gold, especially important within the context of the empowerment of women and girls. And all of those young girls and women that you have inspired across the planet. And how does that feel, Ruth? I mean, how 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 do you how do you wake up every day knowing that you have inspired so many millions of women and girls? Well, I, I wake up every day feeling incredibly blessed for the journey that I've been on, and I I recognize that, and I also I am inspired to use the platform that I have to make meaningful impact in the world, and so for me, basketball has been the sport that I played. I love everything about the game. It's taken me around the world, but it's also allowed me to use the sport in such a powerful way uh, to interact with young girls, to build their confidence, to teach them uh, the joy of the game itself, to connect with uh, other um, partners around the world and to see how sport extends beyond just the court. And so I've been really blessed, um, grateful for the opportunity that, that I have. Uh, and I'm incredibly passionate about, in particular, using this um, to help empower young girls and women. Well, that, that's certainly remarkable. And I know just a side note, you, um, you have an incredible partner in crime, your husband. And uh, you have some absolutely beautiful artwork behind you. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, he is um, the greatest gift to me is my husband. He is just a blessing. And so um, he's an artist and and he drew these and, and inked them. And uh, he's really, really talented. And it's it's fun to um, to just witness something that honestly, I know nothing about art. I, I can draw a basketball place, but, but that's about it. So I've been just awe-inspired of of how gifted he is and he when you talk about empowering women adriana i know you would agree with this having a partner that empowers you it makes all the difference in the world and so he really makes me the best version of myself oh that's beautiful ruth that's wonderful the art look the artwork looks fantastic i'm excited to see it up close and personal i hope you'll share more of those pictures with us Thank you. Um, can you please tell our global audience a little bit about yourself as well as some of the incredible organizations that you've been a part of? 
So I grew up in a very small town, literally um, from one farm to another in Indiana. And I've always been tall. And uh, so I, I share jokingly about my basketball journey that when I was younger, you know, height was something I always had, but skill and coordination took a lot longer to develop. And so um, fortunately, I've had incredible people in my corner who supported me from my family to my coaches to mentors. Um, and so a lot of hard work allowed me to get a scholarship to the University of Notre Dame. And then again, a humbling beginning there, um, which transformed into um, learning how to lead. For me, that's where I really learned um, and took ownership of my voice and understood uh, the need for me to be able to step up and lead our team and was able to do that at the biggest stage, winning a national championship in, in 2001. And then on to the WNBA, played 13 years, blessed to win two championships in Detroit. George, you already talked about the greatest honor any athlete can have, and that's representing their country. So put on top of that, winning a gold medal, um, incredible. Um, but beyond sports, I've really started to learn at Notre Dame the power of using my area of influence. And so it, what started there just magnified from South Bend, Indiana to really the world once I got to the WNBA and I would have never guessed that I'd be traveling throughout Africa and Asia and Europe um, when I grew up on this very small farm a long time ago. But it's amazing the journey that I've been on, that sports and my passion to make a difference in the world has really come together and been able to work with incredible organizations like the UN Foundation, like No Kid Hungry, um, the NBA Cares as an ambassador, our sports, our State Department sports envoy. Uh, and so it's really been an amazing journey and I'm really grateful for every step along the way. Well, Ruth, clearly you have inspired so many millions and in, you know, an Olympic gold. I mean, my gosh, that is what every athlete, you know, dreams of. And, and so you were there where, where, where the Olympics began, of course, in Athens. And that was obviously a very special year and a very poignant Olympics. And, you know, as a, as a former WNBA star and again, an, an Olympic gold medalist, you're a giant. You're a giant that all women and girls stand on in order to be able to then proceed and ultimately succeed. Ruth, how have you used this platform to help empower women and girls specifically to get empowered and involved with sport? George, I think there's a few components that come to mind. And first you have to show up <laughs> and it's not just going somewhere. I think you really have to be present. And you know, when you talk about making a global impact, actually traveling to these countries, conducting camps and clinics, but when you're there, it's, it's um, being intentional about understanding the stories of the young girls that you're working with, um, sharing the joy and the love of the sport itself. But you wanna be giving them not just um, a killer crossover, you wanna give them killer confidence in themselves and a belief and hope and um, change their paradigm of how they view themselves and how they view girls in the world and what's possible. And so I think that's, you know, through these organizations, I have witnessed the power of sport when it comes to health, 
with in particular with malaria and this partnership of the NBA and and nothing but nets, which is the UN Foundation's malaria campaign, um, with no kid hungry, understanding that the kids can't enjoy a sport, they can't even focus in school um, if they're if they're hungry, if they're not properly nourished, and so I think. I love interacting with them on the courts. I love building their their confidence and inspiring them and in leadership and courage, but also using a platform to, in a meaningful way to bring resources that they need in order to be able to step onto a court and experience the joy of, of playing a game. That's fantastic, Ruth. I love how you are so talented on and off the courts, especially, you know, with your voice and, you know, encouraging others to succeed in life. And, you know, over the past few years, there's been some progress towards the equality of men and women in sports. What do you think are some of the key areas that still need to be addressed uh, for women in sports? This could be a long conversation, <laughs> so I'll keep it short. Uh, <laughs> the female athlete is really passionate about making uh, women's basketball or, and women's sports in general um, sustainable. I mean, equality is something that we are, are seeking for. And it's not just in the paycheck. And you, I realize that there are um, real revenue generating issues um, when it comes to men and women's sports and, and how that plays out into salaries. Um, but when you think of coverage, for instance, only three in, in 2015, 3.2% of coverage in sports was women's sports. So people aren't seeing it. And then the, the quality of coverage, if you look at Serena Williams and the comments about men and women, male and female athletes, and, and women are emotional and men are outspoken. It's, it's how you're framing um, the coverage of sports. And the opportunity in Title IX, was in what 1972 and we're still not haven't reached equality and that's a a legal mandate that we're trying to just execute upon so i think that i will always celebrate the steps that we've made but i also want to encourage you know our, our society to realize we haven't arrived we have to keep pushing forward and we're all we all have to be active participants in that. And how do we view female athletes? What is our paradigm, our personal paradigm of a female athlete, of a women's sports? Um, if you are a company and you have a, a value of um, empowering women, then, then pursue the opportunity to, to partner with female sports. Look at that sponsorship package and what that means to not just support the sport, but also to reach... Um, the fans who are largely, you know, a, a large female population. So I think there are so many things that are tied into progress here. We're going to keep pushing forward. But, you know, I think there is a lot to celebrate. Historic collective bargaining agreement for the WNBA that just got signed. And so I think that in that regard, um, really excited for the future of women, um, and I think this is a, a really important conversation just to keep having. That's exactly right, Ruth, and an and incredible sort of perspective. And, and of course, very deep insights with your unique vantage point. You've seen it so close, so personal, and you've seen the acceleration and the deceleration of progress, um, especially during this, this time. Um, 
And you've also traveled all over the world. You've traveled and you've been to countries that are more prosperous, others that are not so prosperous. What are the situations like around the world with involving women and girls in sport when compared to how it works and how it actually plays out in the United States? It is a complex issue, especially in the developing world. Um, you're talking about lack of resources across the board for young boys and young girls, but in societies where girls are forced to drop out of school at a really young age to help take care of the family at home, so they're not they're not given an education. I mean, sport is is just a dream, or um, you know, a far fetched dream for them. And so I think that they're are cultural and societal societal uh, differences from you know a lot of the developing world in the United States. There's lack of resources. I think it's important to remember that for young girls and in a lot of places, you have to create a safe place for them to go, a place where they're protected, uh, a place where young girls are more vulnerable than they are here in the United States. Uh, and I think that the lack of role models too, you know, when these young girls look up in their country and look around, who are they seeing um, that's participating in sports and what is the pathway um, for them to get there? And I think, I don't think that there, there yet is enough. Um, and so I think that we're starting to inspire, you know, individuals, but we do have to invest in, in resources and um, infrastructure for sports, um, but also really understand and be sensitive to uh, the different cultures. Absolutely, Ruth, that's so true. And you've shared how sports can build women up and you've witnessed it firsthand with your travels and experiences. And I'd love for you to share with our global audience um, about what hashtag I am a mogul is and how you came up with this. So this is uh, an organization that asked me to participate in kind of their movement. And so, you know, women in different walks of life for me, obviously, was sports. So uh, I wrote a, a just a heartfelt blog about what I just experienced coming back from Ethiopia and working with 80 young girls there. And when I was in the gym, I mean, it was just it was powerful uh, to see how hungry they are to learn. But as I shared my story, their eyes of what uh, what is possible for women and girls in the world, you could see it just expands. And uh, that's such a beautiful and powerful thing to to change their paradigm completely of what's possible for for girls and, and women. And so I thought, you know, wanted to share some of my stories and also to share the reality that Look, sports in itself isn't biased. You know, the ball doesn't know if a man or woman's dribbling it or shooting it. Um, you know, the reality is there, there has been this script that has been written for sport and for centuries. Um, women, you know, it's not that, that the, the part was only written for men. It's just that women haven't been allowed to try out to play. And so I think that the beauty of sports is that it is completely unbiased by nature. And, and so the more we can introduce girls to it, um, not just for the health benefits, but I think building their confidence, building their self-worth, um, using that platform to connect them to communities and allowing them to, to learn how to work with others and overcome adversity. So many powerful, tangible lessons that I think sport delivers. 
You know, Ruth, you continually amaze us and inspire us at your steadfast commitment to the whole notion of a 50-50 planet, as you've heard so many times. And by the way, we've been talking about it since before it was on the front page, as you know. Um, today, there's more awareness, yet still more to do. But I think what we've seen is that there's a bright shining light on the importance of gender equality across the planet. And there are countless reports that demonstrate not only the personal and professional impact, which is important, but the economic global impact that is so vital in order to achieve gender equality. So there's a real economic business case as well for those who may be wondering as well how the impact economically would affect the planet. And so instead of thinking of it in terms of just personal and professional empowerment, it's also economic empowerment tied in. So this is a very powerful notion. And you know, you've participated, you've excelled, you've succeeded on winning sports teams, and you understand how leadership can play such a powerful role to serve as a spark for whether it's the coach on a team, whether it's the CEO of a company, whether it's the leader of an organization, whether it's uh, the president, it, whoever it is, that role is very important in order to be able to change the world, as they say, because you set the tone. And so why do you believe, why do you know, it's not even why do you believe, why do you know that effective leadership combined with innovation, being able to see around the corner, to peer around those corners as to what's coming at you. Why are those two things so crucial now, perhaps more than ever? Well, I think now more than ever, we are in a unique intersection of um, what our world is experiencing from a pandemic to a economic downfall to, you know, on the, the cusp of, a, of an election. Uh, the isolation that people have experienced. I mean, it is it is a unique time in, in the history of our world. Um, and I think that our it's human nature to look up and to hope for and to expect your leaders to bring solutions, to bring hope and to bring unity. And that's what we need our leaders to be able to do. And those solutions, as you talk about innovation, I mean, this is the exciting thing about a very difficult situation that we're in is that innovation and creativity come from adversity. You know, if your world isn't shaken up, there's really no need to try to do something differently or to figure out a, 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 a new way to go about it. But the fact that our world has literally been turned upside down, we're forced to see it differently. But we're also forced to adjust and adapt. And I think out of this very difficult time, we're experiencing, I think, this, this burst of creativity, this burst of innovation, um, and the opportunity to change the world in a way that, you know, we wouldn't have um, prior to this. And so I, I take hope in that. And when you talk about leaders, we've seen how some of the great leaders have changed our world whether it's Martin Luther King Jr. or Nelson Mandela. I mean, there's there's a long list of powerful leaders and and important times like this, this intersection of of that we find ourselves in, we definitely need strong leaders to step up. 
We completely agree, Ruth. <laughs> As you know, here at IGHN, uh, we focus on creating awareness and contributing to the ultimate achievement of the 17 United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And you're a global leader, you're doing lots of global work. And uh, as a successful global leader yourself, what do you have any insights uh, for achieving these sustainable development goals you could share with us? Yeah, I think three things come to mind. The first is just continued awareness. And it's hard to change things you're not aware of. So I think, you know, continually um, making our world aware of what these goals are and why they're important. And then I think once you have awareness, you have to you have to have commitments. You have to have commitment on an individual and corporate and government levels. Um, and then from that commitment, there has to be accountability. And you know, from somebody who's played a team sport my whole life, you realize that it's not just your commitment. There, there's accountability that it really allows you to get to your goals. And so uh, I think that those accountability measures work twofold. It's it's the the oversight of accountability, but it's also the willingness to be held accountable. And so I think as a world, we have to be willing to be held accountable for our actions and continue to push forward to achieve these very important goals. You know, Ruth, you have been that spark that has steadfastly, and we've seen it, you know, focused on developing that critical awareness of the global goals by the way, for the global audience, the 17 global goals were, were agreed upon by every single member, all 193 member states of the United Nations, including the United States of America. And thus, these are universal goals agreed to unanimously, perhaps for one of the only times in the history. And by the way, the 75th anniversary of the United Nations this year, think of the complex negotiations of agreeing to one goal, let alone 17. And so the entire planet said, we agree that these goals need to be accomplished. Ending hunger, no poverty, gender equality, global partnerships, access to energy, sustainability, and on and on. And, you know, you personally and professionally have been involved in various aspects, for example, of the game of basketball, management, a player, and now a TV and radio analyst and TV personality with Fox Sports. So you've seen different angles, which leads me to cross-sector collaboration. I know you're a huge advocate. We know IdeaGen has seen you in action. And Ruth, why do you believe that cross-sector collaboration is so vital to ultimately achieving these 17 global goals and perhaps to go a step further for our global audience, because we know how much you do, how do you infuse collaboration into your daily mission to achieve your goals as well? Well, I think that's it's such a great question, George. But when we think about the power of partnerships, and, and I have seen that uh, in sports, obviously. I mean, look, as a 6'5", as a old school post player, nobody wanted me bringing the ball up the court or trying to initiate offense. There's a reality of why you have different skill sets coming to the table in order to, to really reach your goals. And it's the complement of those pieces that come together that allows each individual unit to play to their strength. And I think that's the power of partnership is 
first the willingness uh, to to come together when you know an issue is greater than maybe any corporate differences that you might have. Um, but I have witnessed firsthand how amazing it is to have governments and nonprofits and faith-based um, organizations come together. Uh, in my travels with the UN Foundation and in malaria, we literally covered an entire country uh, with with bed nets for you know malaria prevention. And it's the power of all those partners coming together. You know the the logistics, the communication, the the manpower, the resources, the awareness. I, there's so many factors that have to to unite in order for the there to be success in tackling each one of these goals. And so I think that this is definitely what's required, um, but it allows people, I think, to really play to their strengths and allows companies to use, you know, their best resources in order to attack some of these really important global goals. And I think that that's that's what we need. I mean, we have to bring our best effort forward. We have to bring our all-star team at these. And so you want people to be at full strength when they're doing it. And I think power, the powerful partnerships allow for that to happen. Um, on a personal note, I just think that, you know, I just have so many um, amazing people in, in my life. And so when I think about, you know, my personal goals, I do feel that it's never just me. Success is never a singular action. Um, and there's so many people that um, really uh, empower me to to be the best version of myself. That's so beautiful, Ruth. What a gift. We're so grateful to know you and witness all of this incredible work that you're doing. We, we couldn't be more proud of the work that you're doing uh, on a global scale and so much uh, incredible efforts that you're doing to empower others. And we really, we really appreciate that. And, you know, as we um, wrap up our summit here, what are, is there anything you can share with our audience as you continue to change the world? Well, I think what I would encourage the audience is to pick one goal, one issue, and take a deep dive into it. It can be a little overwhelming when you, when you look at it in totality, but the reality is that once you take a deeper dive and it goes beyond statistics, and becomes personal, and you understand the stories behind the issues, I think that it ignites something within you um, that is going to make you more passionate about trying to make the change that's needed in our world. So, so really, whether it's one goal at a time or find the ones that speak to you the most and take that one issue and, and go deeper um, and really, really understand the stories. And I think that that's going to on a very personal level, um, create change in our world. Absolutely. Love it. Ruth Riley, global leader, luminary, visionary, change maker. Where do we begin? Where do we, you're, you're Ruth, you're changing the world. Thank you for all you do. It's been an honor to have you on Idea Gen TV today. Thank you. Thank you.